and welcome to On A Lighter Note podcast, a place to learn all about perinatal mental health. I'm your host, Frankie, a peer support worker from Light. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we have Stacey, Community Midwifery Manager for Bassett Law. Thank you, Stacey, for chatting today with me. It's okay. Um, so let's start with your role. What is it that you actually do? Oh, a lot. <laughs> so, um, so as you said, I'm the community midwifery manager. So I manage the team of midwives who um, are based in community at Bassett Law. Um, so we cover all the antenatal care for the women in the community and in the community clinics. Um, we run the home birth service and we do the, all the postnatal care and postnatal visits at home. And then we discharge to health visitor. Okay. And how long have you done that? Um, so I've been... A community midwife for a while, five years. I yeah, think. Um, and I've been the manager for three years. Yeah, and do you enjoy work? Um, most of the time. Yeah, it's it's challenging, but in a good way. Yeah, the reason I love being a midwife so much is because it's so diverse. Mm-hmm. Like everything's different. Every day is different. You're constantly meeting new people, and because like women just aren't ill, so yeah. it's just nice to work with yeah. normal people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how is midwifery at the moment? I know it's not an easy place to be. Have um, you seen it change over time? I have, yeah. And it, even though I've only had a relatively short mm. career, I was a student for five years because I had my babies while I was training. Yeah. Um, and I have seen it change such mm. a lot, especially in community, which is not always for the better. Mm. Just because purely we're just so short-staffed yeah. and that really impacts on what we can give to the women mm. and that's difficult because we don't want to give yeah. substandard care like we want to give good care and we want to give time yeah. and and really be able to listen to people but very often you are just scared of opening a can of worms because yeah. sometimes you haven't got the time to yeah. deal with it which is awful it's an awful place to come from yeah um so yeah just at the minute morale's quite low to be honest, yeah. um, and I think a lot of people are struggling yeah. at the minute, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, I imagine it must be so difficult to go into this career where you are so passionate about supporting and helping and, and advocating, and you can't always do that. Yeah, it, it's quite disheartening really, because you, you, you don't do it for the pay, like you yeah. don't become a midwife for the career, mm. for the the pay for the glory or whatever you know it's lovely delivering babies don't Mm. get me wrong but Mm. that is like you know such a minimal percentage of the role we come in because we want to advocate for women we want to be with women that's what midwife means being with women you know Mm. that's what we want to do um we we just want to do it because we care like we really do and i think anybody who doesn't care is in the wrong job yeah um and it's just it's a shame when you don't feel like you can do Mm. what you intended to do yeah yeah and I imagine that takes such a strain on your mental health and especially for you in sort of a leadership role having that duty of care for others within your team that must be really hard on you it can be it definitely can be and I mean I suppose in any job people have ups and downs Mm. and there is you always get it a bit worse the higher up you go like I know the matrons have it worse than I do yeah um 
but yeah it, it is hard you know because I am one person but yeah. I manage a team of 10 and all those 10 people will yeah. come to me with their individual issues yeah and then I have to sort of absorb that and mm. and go home again and, and and on top of that you've got the women as well and things and you just never switch off as a community midwife mm. like that's you either love it or you hate it because some people like yeah. that relationship building but some people struggle with it because you just don't switch off you are constantly worrying about yeah. your women and for me I'm always worrying about yeah. my staff you know we've got constant um like whatsapp chats going on yeah. and it's it's difficult to to switch off sometimes like I'm I'm quite um strong with the team that like if they've got a week's annual leave mm. I, I make them um, delete themselves off of the WhatsApp right. chat so they can't yeah. hear it so they just yeah. don't see it yeah. um, things like that just to try and yeah, because everybody needs the downtime at Absolutely. the end of the day I think setting those boundaries is really important and for lots of us and people who work in certain jobs mm. you never do that you never switch off unless you're forced to do it no. um, and that, I think that's the society we live in now, yeah. right now as well everything is instant you know yeah. internet's instant you know if you want the answer to a question you don't yeah. go to a library anymore yeah. it's on your phone on google like everything is so instantaneous that we just expect everything to be like that we expect our healthcare yeah. to be like that and yeah you know but we have days off you know yeah. we have holidays and you know yeah. they're important yeah and this is something that maybe it's hard for you to answer but <laughs> what are your thoughts on continuity of care <laughs> for me Continuity of care is a real double-edged sword yeah. because I love continuity yeah. as as, a, as an ethos, yeah. as you know, as as a thing. I've seen the research. Yeah. Um, I've given continuity to women, and I love it, and I know the women love it. Yeah, and it does definitely have so many benefits. Yeah, for the midwives when it works, and for the women when it works. Mm. Um. But for us, when we've trialled continuity of carer, it just didn't quite work. Yeah. We don't know why necessarily. Like We've mm. looked into it, we've looked at other trusts to see what we've been doing different. Turns out not a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it helps if the midwives want to do it. Yeah. And some of ours didn't. Yeah. So you've already sort of lost that um like relationship building like they're yeah. just the hearts aren't in it yeah and it's something you can't really do unless your heart's in it yeah um so uh, it's imagine- difficult to answer yeah yeah i imagine it's i feel like i've been on either side of it where i have been that pregnant person who has read all the information and all the statistics that come with that constant individual that you liaise with all the time in your pregnancy and I, I know the amazing benefits that that can have and I've desperately wanted that but then I've also been on the other side of it where I've spoken to midwives I've spoken to heads of midwifery and seen actually the toll that can play on midwives who are working all the hours that they can and they've got their own families their own commitments and they're not able to commit to you know to to do that continuity Mm. of care role And, and I've seen how it affects mental health on both sides um positively when it has worked really well and negatively as well and it's really it's a really tough one and I think I guess it's expectation usually for families who are expecting continuity and then they don't get it that can feel really hard um but then I can absolutely see why it doesn't always fit doesn't always work I think the difference is as well now that like 
in years gone by, midwives didn't get married and have kids. Mm. Like midwives were, that's all they did. Yeah. They weren't allowed to be married. You had yeah. to quit if you were going to get married, you know, yeah. lots of years ago. You know, now, like you say, midwives have got yeah. families and not only they don't work part time anymore, mm. they're working full time with families and the partners yeah. are working, partners are working away. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of dynamics to it. And, uh, mm. you know, if it's something that you A, don't want to do, yeah. B, doesn't fit in with your home life, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then you sort of thrust into this rotor of mm. um like working flexibly yeah but a lot of people don't have flexible childcare. that's yeah. a big issue for yeah. people is like the you know nurseries you have to book certain days yeah. you can't just say well i might need childcare that yeah. day but i might not if yeah. i'm not called out we still got to pay for the place and yeah yeah know, it, it is difficult for families mm. um and if so if the hearts aren't in it yeah you know it's, it's really hard to navigate isn't it really hard yeah. um and i think like for me i hear working within birth trauma I hear all day long stories about birth experiences and, and somebody who was they thought was going to be there wasn't there or, or mm. such and such and it it's really hard it's really sad to hear all of that but then I can completely talking to, to you and to other midwives I can completely see it from your perspective as well and how much you would love to do that oh we would yeah it just isn't always feasible yeah. to do it yeah we would definitely love to do it and yeah it, it when you've looked after somebody all through the pregnancy, yeah. then you get to deliver the baby. It's yeah. like the pure icing on the cake. Yeah. It's so lovely. And yeah. then when you come to the end and you you know discharge into the health visitor, it's all yeah. quite emotional yeah. and, and things like because you've watched them through that journey. Yeah. It is in those situations when it works and it works really nicely, it's yeah. fab. But it only takes you know yeah. one midwife to yeah. break her ankle, yeah. You know, yeah. and then the team really struggle then to pick yeah. up that extra workload. You know, yeah. the smallest thing can have a really big yeah. impact on the teams yeah so I, I don't know what the answer is going then, forward yeah it's a it's a really tricky one isn't mm, it definitely is. what is yours as a midwife what's your thoughts and opinions around doulas um so a doula in case anyone doesn't know is um someone who might support you in um pregnancy at the birth and then maybe postnatally as well and sort of not there to provide any medical input but just sort of emotional support really um, so yeah, what's your have you have you experienced births with doulas there? Or? I think I've maybe been to one birth yeah. with a doula because you tend to they tend to come to home births. Yeah. Um, if anything, I don't I don't have any thoughts positive or negative. Yeah. I think it depends on the doula. Yeah. Um, some I do think overstep mm. the mark. Mm. Um, into being an unqualified midwife yeah yeah i think you always get that um i think a lot of midwives are a little bit yeah. wary i imagine it's a that. hard situation to step into yeah like you understand you know i'm sure people understand why i do this there and how it can be beneficial and helpful it must be quite difficult when you are there to do your job mm. but you almost feel like oh it's already expected it's, of me it's not to be able like, to do it yeah it almost like creates a bit of a barrier between yeah. you sort of building that rapport with the woman because yeah. that's what that doula is there for is yeah. to, to support the woman and and mm. you know give give her all or, you know build that rapport I yeah. suppose with her so it's almost like a barrier as a yeah. midwife then to you giving that support building that relationship yeah. and yeah I would say a lot of women who not all women I can't mm. say that but a lot of women who have a doula it tends to be women who have maybe a lot of preconceived ideas about how their birth should go or yeah. how their pregnancy should go mm. um, and they want some help with 
enforcing that yeah. um, you know be, as, as an advocate they want somebody mm. who's mm. going to advocate for yeah. them which I completely understand I just find it really sad that they don't have enough yeah. faith that the midwife can yeah. do that for them and that yeah. I think that's what's hardest for me yeah. um, I have just literally spoke to a lady who's got a doula like, really? just before I come yeah. to see you yeah, just yeah. for me in my experience I so I had a, a support from a doula with my second daughter's well in my pregnancy I didn't have her at the birth um, and I was never intending to have her at the birth but it was sort of someone after my antenatal appointments to go and talk to and obviously during Covid I couldn't have a part of that yeah. but it was just someone to talk to and like just share everything that was going through my head and, and you know it would have been great to have sat there with the midwife for half an hour and do that but they're busy you know they've got to get all the checks done and you, you know on to the next one and it, it's no fault of theirs it's just a situation but I found it really really beneficial but I can completely now see when I look back at my birth, if there had been another person there, it would have changed the dynamics and the relationships between me and the and the midwives that were there at my birth. Um, and I think there's definitely a place for it. But it's just interesting. I've never really spoke to a midwife. I've spoke to a consultant about their opinions, and it was not very positive. Oh, no, I can imagine. <laughs> um, but it's really interesting to hear a midwife sort of, you know, their viewpoint, their perspective on it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, so I want to know about your experience of perinatal mental health, whether that's professionally or personally, whatever you want to share with me. Um, I've probably experienced it more professionally than <laughs> yeah. personally. Um, we do get a lot of women, obviously, who, who suffer with the mental health in mm. pregnancy. I think, in my experience, a lot of women don't realise how pregnancy can affect the mental health yeah. you know and particularly women who've like previously had like anxiety and depression yeah. and been medicated previously mm-hmm. or had counselling or whatever and they feel like mm-hmm. they're in like quite a stable place and they initially don't necessarily want to talk about the mental health it's like that's part of my past that's not yeah. something you know it, that's all done I'm yeah. fine I'm cured or whatever yeah. they want to say um, but I don't think they realise how yeah. much the pregnancy and the hormones and the birth and the, just the whole thing can really yeah. um, knock you back yeah. a, a bit again yeah. um, and so I do find that a lot of them don't don't want to hear that at first yeah. um, initially so sometimes that can be like a bit of a barrier to mm. discussing it um, we've recently changed our guidelines so that we have to ask at every antenatal contact about mental health mm. um, which for those that need it is good, mm. but for those that don't, they just it, they don't like it. Oh, yeah. They asked me that last week. You know, yeah. they, they get a yeah. bit. It kind of becomes a bit too routine that yeah. you you sort of asking the same question and you're getting the same answers. Yeah. And I don't think that we perhaps get sort of a deep enough yeah um, meaning from it. I don't think yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly. It, crops up postnatally yeah. um, for us you do get some ladies who are antenatal but it's more if it's like been ongoing from there's been a history of it yeah, yeah. From, from the history not yeah. very often that it kind of just crops up in pregnancy yeah. unless it's to do with um, some kind of trauma or like um, like if the baby had got an anomaly or yeah. something like that yeah. then um, that can obviously bring up a lot of mixed emotions mm. in pregnancy um, I looked after one lady who to be fair actually she she's doing really well at the minute but she's still under perinatal mental mm-hmm. health and her he's how old is he May so we've been like 15 months now mm-hmm. and he was her sixth baby mm-hmm. 
the third baby that I've delivered. Right. So she's had continuity from yeah. me through her past yeah. three pregnancies. Um, but she just struggles with her mental health yeah. every time. She struggles in pregnancy. She's really anxious, but she's she won't take medication in pregnancy. Yeah. And that's another issue that a lot of women face is mm. there's a lot of bad information. Yeah. Um, so a lot of women, when they're newly pregnant, just stop the medication yeah. if they are previously medicated straight away, which is a shame. Mm. Um, and a lot of the GPs will tell them to as well, yeah. which is even worse because that's not the case. Right, yeah. Um, and usually they've stopped it for a few weeks before we've seen mm. them. Yeah. Um, and then it's too late to really say go back on it yeah. because you know they've, they've already weaned off it sort yeah. of thing um so yeah so this lady of mine she um like during her pregnancies she's always been a bit like not able to bond yeah with the pregnancy she's always been worried about what will happen afterwards if she'll be able to bond with them yeah she did have a couple of um not not negative as such but negative for her she'd had three home births mm-hmm. and then her fourth and fifth babies were both induced mm-hmm. um so she found that quite traumatic yeah. although in terms of an induction it was quite an easy one yeah. for her you know it was a simple procedure and everything for her um and things worked out really well but that caused her a lot of anxiety yeah. she was definitely depressed mm. um but then her last birth was her another planned home birth yeah which we fought quite hard for yeah, um, yeah. in some respects but you know I completely supported her choices and she mm. had a beautiful home birth and although she did still suffer that dip postnatally mm. it wasn't as bad and she still mm. says it wasn't as bad mm. as before and it was quite like a healing yeah. experience for her to have that sort of more positive birth experience that time yeah but even so she's still under perinatal yeah. mental health because she's still struggling now so yeah um so yeah I th- it's it's a lot a lot postnatally really um and it's difficult because we've we've got people that we can refer to but it's just the pathways just aren't very clear yeah perinatal mental health are really difficult they won't take women if they're not high risk enough if they're not um not medicated yeah and not to diss them because when they take the women on Mm -hmm. they they do such a fantastic job and they get really good feedback but sometimes getting the women into the service can be yeah. difficult. Absolutely. And I think that's where light has its place to sort of yeah. um, bridge that gap. Or, or not not bridge the gap necessarily, but to step in where someone might not be, be on the threshold of needing um, the more sort of intense care and support from perinatal. They can then maybe peer support might be the thing that they need. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you know it's massively beneficial and it's a great resource I guess to, to access and most trusts will have some form of peer support but um yeah it's really complex pathway isn't it and I think as as a mum I found that really difficult to navigate as a someone who works within the profession I find it difficult to navigate exactly. as well yeah. and it's almost nice to hear you saying you yeah, find it tricky exactly. too and so you think if we're struggling well of yeah. course the mums are struggling yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many mums I support who say like I've got a letter for an assessment but I don't know who with or where or what the name is or what you know there's often like you know miscommunication misunderstanding Mm -hmm. of if it's a mental health midwife or if it's perinatal um, team it's it's a bit confusing Mm -hmm. and when you're already in the fog of newborn and just knackered you don't know what's what do you absolutely no and how how does it often present if someone is struggling postnatally say um how might that present to you as a community midwife? What's quite common in, in your experience, um, anyway? 
there are a few different things really like some women might be more tearful mm. um, and obviously a lot of women will get baby blues and mm. we'll talk to them about what's normal but it's, yeah. it's sort of a bit beyond that it's like not being able to almost drag yourself out of it again it, yeah. you know and it, it just goes on and on and usually they'll just start to feel lower and lower yeah. um, a lot of women might struggle with bonding um, mm. with the babies know just small things as well that some people don't necessarily pick up on but mm-hmm. things like not wanting to do tasks for they like mm-hmm. always sort of getting someone else to do it like yeah. getting the partner to do the bathing or the yeah. feeding if the bottle feeding or yeah. you know things like that um which is almost like a cry for help because that's that yeah. mum saying I'm, yeah. I'm not bonding with this baby yeah. so I don't want to do those yeah. those things yeah. um sometimes if it in sort of more extreme cases, they can have thoughts of harm. Mm. Um, some women will have thoughts of self harm. Yeah. Some, a lot of people won't have thoughts of harm in the baby. Yeah. Most people, if not all, will not have thoughts of harm in yeah. their own baby. Yeah. But they will be scared yeah. of inadvertently harming the baby. Yeah. So they'll be scared that the baby will drown in the bath. Yeah. Falling downstairs, carrying yeah, the baby. Falling downstairs, yeah. carrying the baby. Yeah. You know, the, they're going to trip over the dog yeah. when they go in the kitchen. They're going to spill the cup of tea on them. Yeah. You know, those sort of things, really simple. And people might just laugh it off and say, oh, don't be mm. silly. But that can be like yeah. a sort of a precursor to something a bit more yeah. serious going on. Um, so, yes. And, and a lot of women really try to mask it. Because they're so scared that because they're having those thoughts mm-hmm. that someone's going to take the baby away. Yeah. And that's just the first thought all the time yeah. is if I am not coping, yeah. then I'm not a fit mother, someone's going to take my baby away. Yeah. And that's sort of the biggest fear. And I think that's why there's a lot of stigma around yeah. mental health is, is this assumption yeah. that if I ask for help, then mm-hmm. they're going to say I'm not good enough. Yeah. Um, and that's really for, hard. For me, in my experience, my own experience, and then the experience of those that I've sort of worked with, worked alongside, Often, they are overwhelmed and drowning in just sheer exhaustion and pressure and they're just really, really struggling. But they get all their mum tasks, the parenting tasks done. The baby is happy, fed, clean. You know, they're going to baby group every day. They've got the books, the toys, the everything. That child or those children are so well looked after but at the expense of the mother's mental health and and that is so common and I don't think that's that's not what I initially thought um sort of perinatal mental health was about I thought that was a mum who doesn't love their child who Mm. sat in the corner neglecting the children just rocking you know and and it's so rarely that I mean that might happen in some cases but it's usually it doesn't look like that at all yeah and and that's part of that masking that that is you know outwardly showing the world look I am a strong independent woman Mm. I can look after my children Mm. I'm a good mum I'm a good yeah. wife yeah. I've got this you yeah. know and, and that because we expect that's what society thinks yeah. that they want from us and so that is the facade that yeah. we put on yeah. you know I mean not even in in pregnancy just in normal mm. yeah. you know everyday life people with anxiety and depression will very often be able to mask it yeah. you know a lot of people think oh they're sat at home all day they yeah. don't go to work they don't do this they don't go out that's not true because no. if there's so much stigma around it yeah they will go to work and yeah. put on a brave face. They might go home and have a good cry after, but they're yeah. going to work and putting on a brave face and they're going out with their friends and trying mm. to keep up that facade yeah. so that people don't realise yeah. what's going on because sometimes it's actually harder to yeah. tell someone about it than it is to 
just carry on yeah. as normal Absolutely, because yeah. normal is safe yeah and so yeah that was on. definitely my experience and people used to say like oh you're doing so amazing I don't know how, how you do it and I just thought I am just absolutely falling apart inside <laughs> you know th- thinking if only you knew you yeah. know but yeah but and I think as women as mothers as wives and then in certain job roles working in you know the NHS or, or other sort of institutions like that we sort of get this expectation put on us and then we then believe that that you know we have to just keep it all going and juggle it all and it keep it you know yeah everything afloat and it's just sometimes it you can't yeah you know? no like a lot of women will be like super organized yeah like everything is mm. to the letter written down you yeah. know really sort of anal about things yeah. almost to the point of OCD I mean some yeah. women will develop OCD yeah. because of it um, yeah. and that is just that trying to yeah. keep up that yeah I can do it all facade yeah. have you seen um, many cases of sort of birth trauma presenting as PTSD then in postnatally is that something you've come across um not not very regularly I have I think I've had it once or twice um where sort of like you say the birth trauma is sort of presented generally I've had one lady once who um had been sexually assaulted mm. um who struggled a lot during her birth yeah um, um and I did look after a lady once who'd got severe Tocophobia. Oh really? So that um, is the phobia of giving birth, childbirth. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. and she'd never had a baby before though, so mm. she it wasn't birth trauma no, related. It was, it was just that. She was just, fear. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was, she was intense. Yeah, she, it was, she was really. And intense. how, how, how was that for her and for you? Um, the thing is, I think in the end it was quite positive for her because she felt listened to, and yeah. um, because we did such a lot to. Yeah help her we did um like some hypnobirthing with her we did mm. all her appointments at home she did put on a home birth yeah um but then as often happens she ended up with an induction okay. and then she ended up with a section yeah. um but because she was really listened to and yeah. it was really um sort of everything was just sort of quite softly given to her um, rather than it feeling like she was coerced into anything Mm -hmm. and things like that and I think that's where a lot of trauma comes from is when women feel like they've been coerced and things so for her um, she said it wasn't the experience she wanted um, but she was still happy with the experience that she had because she felt she'd been listened to Um, so yeah but it, it, it can be difficult I mean, if every woman was like that, mm. it would be really tough mm. because it's personally it takes a toll on you, because, yeah. you know, emotionally. Yeah. Um, but also just on resource. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you know, to be able to offer those home visits. Yeah. To lots and lots of women, it, it's, it's just not feasible. No, no. So. And how do you deal with it if you've experienced this sort of trauma from a birth? You know, for you, have you had that where you've come away from something and actually it's really affected you? Yeah. You, you do you, you yeah. do more often yeah quite often to be fair yeah that and must be so hard it's, it is hard I think I think you do learn to deal with things mm. yeah. better as you progress or you know yeah. as you grow if you like um, but yeah you do you'll always get things that stick with you mm. um, there'll mm. always be that one experience yeah. Um, that yeah, it just it sticks with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it and do you hard. feel supported in sort of your mental health wise within your work, or is that something? I do. Yeah. yeah, I definitely do. I've 
I feel like I've got a good team yeah. around me, mm. um, below me and above me. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like we are quite good at looking yeah. after each other and looking out for each other. Mm. Um, I don't know if others would agree. Yeah. I don't know, but I, yeah, yeah, I just can't imagine how difficult it must be because you, you know, not only do we already have this, I've just got to crack on and you know and get on with it, and this is my job. But you've also got the this is my job. I'm paid for this. This is what I do, and then I've got to go into the next room and support the next person to deliver their baby and pretend I'm fine you know I know we talked about masking things but it's almost part of the job you know and that must be incredibly difficult and draining it can it can be really draining I mean Mm. and the thing is what's what some people can cope with different people can't Mm. you know everybody's got their own limits haven't they yeah Um, yeah so it it can be difficult when you sort of especially if you are between rooms if you've got something bad going off in one room and then yeah. you know you're trying to make things more positive in another room and yeah. like so you do just you, yeah. yeah you're just putting on that face yeah. you just yeah. yeah yeah and how was it in your experience I know you said you, you had your children when you were training mm-hmm. do you feel like doing your training within midwifery and your interest within midwifery changed affected altered your pregnancy birth afterwards not necessarily um I had my eldest before I was training to be right. a midwife, and technically that was my worst birth experience. Okay. Um, that was quite a negative experience for yeah. me. Um, so second time around, I was already training to be a midwife. Yeah. I was a bit more well informed. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, nothing really negative happened that time. Mm. She was just huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all honesty, like my first two, my girls. They, I were induced both times, yeah. um, which wasn't necessarily an issue for me. Mm. My third, I went into labour myself. He was my worst. I, <laughs> and, that, and the most negative of all of them, yeah. even though the first one should be by rights on paper, yeah. but the third one was my worst by yeah. a mile. Like Even my husband sat in the corner and he said, I was scared. He said, I didn't know what to do. Oh, and I was just climbing the walls. Yeah. And at that point... For me, that was really difficult because I had. I, you can have too much knowledge. Yes, absolutely. And it's really difficult to switch one part of your brain yeah. off and to just. I couldn't yeah. let go. I was yeah. constantly looking at the machine yeah. and trying to listen to the conversations mm-hmm. in the room. And, um, you know, I was being told. Oh, I hate I hate this phrase. You're only four centimeters. <laughs> Honestly, biggest bugbear of mine. Yeah. You're only four centimeters. Yeah. Stop pushing. You're only four centimeters. Yeah. I could not stop pushing really? for the life of me. And um, but and I hate that. I'm, I'm, yeah. That's a big bugbear of mine. Yeah. So I, I would never say never to somebody say that, you are yeah. only. Yeah. You know, I yeah. always make it sound positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose I did take something away from my birth experience. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, technically for me, he, he was the worst. Yeah. Um, and afterwards, um, sort of after, I don't know, a few months, was it August? I don't know, probably when he was about four months old, yeah. um, I was really snappy mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And felt like, I mean, I've got three kids, mm-hmm. I was going back to university, it was quite overwhelming. Yeah. And I went to the GP because I wanted a coil. Yeah. And I said, do you think that I might have postnatal depression because mm. of this, mm. this and this? And she said to me, I just think you're a mum of three. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll show them. And, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. So that for me was was really quite a negative experience, yeah. you know. And, and I never got, 
I never did get diagnosed with postnatal yeah. depression or anything. Maybe it was just because I was a mum of three, yeah. and they were all quite young. Yeah. But I, it wasn't particularly supportive no. either. You know, and there was yeah. no like if you want to talk to somebody, yes, yeah. this phone number. Yeah. Or do you want to? I can refer you to this service mm. or anything. It was just like. And she was a female doctor yeah. as well. You know, she's really like, yeah. you just sound like a normal mum of three to me. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes though, this is it. It's like, whether it's birth or parenthood or whatever, like, oh, stop complaining. It's it's hard. Yeah. So then, that, that or, or, or even breastfeeding. Oh, it's hard. Stop complaining. And yeah. you, you know, whether your situation, your circumstances are massively different or not to somebody else's, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like your feelings are still your feelings, yeah. and they're valid and important, and shouldn't be dismissed. No, you know, whether exactly. it's diagnosable or not, it, it's it's still there. You know, it's uh, yeah. yeah it's, and I think when you've had, I really struggled with postnatal depression and anxiety after my second was born, and it's four months here, and this is so common for four months to hit, and then you know someone goes, I need to reach out now. And yeah, I remember I rang the health visitor and was like, I can't remember my last good day. And that was what I said, like, yeah. I don't remember the last time I had a good day. And I had such guilt about it. And actually, I was really lucky. He said to me, ring your GP. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I sort of knew enough about yeah. GPs and you know maternity care and perinatal mental health. I knew that was not the person I needed to ring. I just said, no. And, and he got me some referrals that from there. So that I was really fortunate that he had that. But it's um it's really hard because I just kept thinking but this is just what it's like to be a mom and, and a mom of two children mm. and then I, no one really said are you okay because they thought you've done it once before you're yeah, fat you know, what you're doing, you're you know you, you, you've, you've had babies you've had a baby before this is just number two mm. you're, and I guess I had that too I thought why am I struggling because I've done this mm. um and I also had this um thing with birth trauma with my first experience was quite a negative experience I struggled after that in terms of a bit of PTSD but generally my mental health was okay once I got past that point so then when I had a really positive second birth I thought I wasn't allowed to have depression because I thought what, what am I depressed yeah, for because yeah. I had a really lovely birth and I had a lot of guilt with that as well mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really common you know to have this positive experience and then go oh but I still feel rubbish yeah but I think the issue with that is that a lot of women feel the same is that they don't realise it's just a hormone imbalance yeah. it's nothing yeah. that's happened to you you're not a bad mum you're you, not yeah. it's your hormones yeah. you know and you can't help that you yeah. can't help it what your hormones and I think are doing. we want to control it we want to feel better we don't yeah. want to feel like that and, and you do end up you almost take it personally like well why aren't I good enough why is someone down the road okay and I'm not and they're probably not though. no they're probably not actually yeah yeah um Something actually I wanted to say to you, and I've always wanted to say this to you, and I don't feel like I ever actually have, because I know you were, in my pregnancies that I had with my girls, um, I lived abroad for my other pregnancies, but for those ones when I was here, I saw you in a few antenatal appointments, um, and then I remember with my second daughter, I was very adamant I was having the home birth that I wanted, and it was going to go my way, I was very, very adamant, and I remember waiting, because I've been told, wait till your 36-week consultant appointment, and it was an absolute nightmare of an appointment. It was awful, and I just was furious and angry and upset, and I just wanted my home birth to go as perfectly. And I remember I came out, and I rang and left a voicemail, um, and I was just ranting, saying, I feel like I've not been listened to, I've been passed from pillar to post, and I need someone to just tell me, yes, you're having your home birth, and that's that. And then you rang me back, and you were like, it's okay, yeah, you can have your home birth, like, that's fine. I'm like, <laughs> we, are here, we are on your side, we're here to support you. And I was like, oh okay like ready for a fight I was like okay you were like I'll come next week and do your home birth assessment I was like 
oh great okay and you're like do you want a pool what do you want and I was like oh my god that was easy <laughs> and I, I really was ready for a fight and and I remember you saying to me like because I was going but I'm high risk and the consultants don't want me to do this that and the other and, and you said okay so you've had a previous section which is why I was high risk and it was obviously only 13 months before so it's quite you know recent and you're like well if that's your only risk factor like and this is what you choose to do and this is what you want to do like we can we, you can do that we can support you and I had just got I was in this place where I didn't trust medical professionals mm-hmm. because of previous experiences I just couldn't believe that someone was on my side and it was you and, and you were just like yeah, yeah like, why not you, yeah <laughs> let's, let's have a home birth I love a home I remember you saying like I love a home birth oh that is literally <laughs> my phrase I love a home birth love a home birth yeah love I was it. like okay and just from then on, like 36 weeks, had that conversation with you. You came at 37 weeks and did my home assessment. Mm. And I was just like, well, this is really happening now. Like, having you on my side and, and the midwives that came to my birth were on my side as well. And it just was like, it just completely changed this mm. mindset I was in. I was in this fight or flight. I'm going to fight yeah. for this birth. And I was ready to fight. And I didn't need to. And that was so nice. <laughs> I could go, oh, great. You can, well, then you can relax yourself. Yeah, I think and then I had my baby. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of women are, are quite, um, what's the word? Well, I suppose, like you say, like ready for a fight, yeah. that sort of thing. And, yeah. and I'm very much like, well, let's mm. just sit down and just have a chat yeah. about this. Let's work yeah. out what are the risks, what what are you willing to accept, yeah. what are, yeah. you, are you definite, definite no-nos, yeah. And, yeah. and let's like come up with a plan absolutely and I, and I really felt like that's what we were able to do then you, you know we sort of talked through the the thresholds for certain things what what would mean yet yeah, we need to transfer you know what I would be happy with and it felt like I was doing it with others not I'm doing it against others um, yeah that's I think something I'd got in my head from my pre- previous experience um so I was really really grateful for that and really grateful for you and advocating for me and you know just hearing me because I hadn't felt heard yeah. up until that point. And not that I specifically blamed anyone, but, you know, you're at your antenatal appointments, you've got to get on with it. You're not near due date yet, so we don't need to talk about relevant, it, you yeah, know. We'll like Even that. though it was yeah. all I could think about for the whole pregnancy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm really grateful that you were there and to advocate for me and, and to support me in my home birth. I know it must have been really difficult, and I say this because Kay Walker was at my birth, and I obviously interviewed her on this podcast yeah. previously as well, and... Um, I've said this to her, you know, I I knew as a midwife they were walking into that room with a woman who'd had an emergency section 13 months before. Yeah. That is not very common. And in their mind, I knew the risks. I knew, I knew the risks for me and felt comfortable enough to have my baby at home and thought it was right for me. But I knew that this would be weighing heavy on them and that they must be scared. Yeah. But they did not show me that fear. They walked into that room and they were so calm and gentle and relaxed and just said, you do what you want to do. And we're just here. And they had a cup of tea on the sofa and and let me crack on. And it was great. And I'm so grateful of that because I know afterwards, talking to one of the other midwives, she said, you know, I was a bit worried. I knew I was on call and you were on the list. And I was a bit, all of us have been a bit scared of it. (laughs) And she's like, you know, it was my night and you rang. And, you know, I'm so grateful of them and how they worked it and how they did it. But... I, I can totally see it from their perspective of coming into that, you know, high risk situation going, okay, we're going to support this this woman in her wishes and, and give her what she needs to facilitate the birth that she wants. And I'm, I'm really grateful that there are midwives out there because there are, there's loads of oh, them. There's loads of them, yeah. We just don't get the opportunity no. very often. And the thing no. is, a lot of things that we do is, is defensive it, yeah. because we're so worried yeah. about having yes. a poor outcome 
fight for you yeah. and but for us as well yeah. because yeah. we don't want to be that midwife who was at that birth yeah. and, and do you feel like there's a, there's a lack of education in terms of birthing people that because for me in my experience my first birth I felt like I had a little bit of knowledge but not that much I wasn't really able to make really informed decisions in fact I didn't even know sometimes I was making decisions yeah. I just was going yeah yeah I didn't have a clue you didn't realize you had a yeah choice. I didn't know there was another yeah. option so where a second time around I was so informed um I felt like that almost gave the midwives that confidence like okay we can have a, a proper conversation and no one needs to sort of be defensive here because yeah. we're all on the same page we all want the same outcome which we all do but yeah Again, you know, I went in there as a f- ready for a fight because I was on the defence, mm. and the same for I guess many midwives in, in your situation. Do you think if a if a family if parents are quite well informed, does that change things for you? Um, does it make it worse? I, I, I suppose it, there's well informed and then and yeah. there's well informed, and yeah, it, I it just probably depends. in the middle. Yeah, I think I think everybody should be yeah. well enough informed. Mm. Um, some people need to be more informed yeah. but I do think some people are informed in the wrong way you know yeah. a lot of people will not look at evidence based information yeah. and they'll join and I'm not saying that Facebook groups are wrong because yeah. I'm in a lot of them but yeah. you know a lot of people yeah. join Facebook groups and I think what sometimes happens is they they get riled up like yeah you know, and if you've had like one negative consultant mm-hmm. appointment, and then yeah. they'll go on this group and they'll put such and such has happened, but yeah. there's not necessarily a lot of substance to what they've written. Yeah. They're just saying yeah. what's happened from their perspective, which is is fine and is mm. their right. And then people will jump on and say, mm. "Well, you should do this. You should do that. You need yeah. to do this. You need to say this." Yeah. And I think that then some women, and not a lot of women, but some women, will get quite worked up yeah. into that mm. sort of notion of becoming defensive yeah. and sort of um like not trusting yeah. health professionals and and part of me just thinks what do people think that we like why don't they trust us like what yeah. do people actually think we're getting out of yeah. this like we don't get a kick out of upsetting people <laughs> no, i can assure you no no <laughs> so yeah and, and that's why I, I try not to be particularly like standoffish or yeah. defensive or anything because mm. i just think well if this woman's like red if this is what she wants to do mm. and she knows the risks mm. then fine yeah like that's that's your risk that's not my risk not my baby no um yeah it's i think it's such a hard it's a hard place to be isn't it like being pregnant or being a midwife right now is really hard yeah i would agree and it's hard for everyone for different reasons and everyone is absolutely trying their best but it's just really hard it's it's hard whichever side yeah you're on it it is hard yeah definitely yeah no, I'm really grateful though of like the care and the support you gave me, and and I, you know, it, it did change my life. Having that experience in that birth has changed my life, changed my job, it's changed everything, and I'm really grateful that you know you were there to sort of step in and, and answer that Marty phone call from me <laughs> <laughs> moaning. You know, when you're at that point in pregnancy where you just that's it. I don't know. I am done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking and, and giving me the time today. I really, really appreciate okay. it. Um, and thank you for the work that you do and, and how hard all of your team work as well. Thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to On A Lighter Note podcast, brought to you by Light, a pre- and postnatal peer support charity covering Sheffield, Rotherham, Doncaster and the surrounding areas. 
you feel you'd like to learn more about light or any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please see the links in the episode description. Thank you.